What is happening Life Church Global? We're so happy and blessed to be in God's house today. <laughs> we have a lot of people in the room today. And we absolutely love that we can fellowship with people and gather uh, in smaller groups in this season and wherever you may be in whichever life group you're watching this service we just send heaps of love to you and we just bless you right now thank you for being faithful to God's house thank you for being faithful and committed to your life group because God is moving in this season God is moving in the life groups and so we just absolutely love it i know that you're ready for the word and uh, we're in a series called Spiritual Algorithms. I don't know if you remember it. Two weeks ago, I started a series and then Pastor Neil came in and he brought an awesome word. And last week, we kind of spoke a little bit about grace and I want to continue on that. But I'm not talking about grace, but I'm, I'm really talking about transformation and the renewed mind. We're going to take on from there. But we're talking about spiritual algorithms and the title of uh, my message today is Progressive Position. All right, touch your neighbor and say progressive position. So in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, I would love for you to open your Bibles there. We'll just start there and then we'll take it where the Lord leads us. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, so before he talks about transformation uh, through the renewing of the mind, he says, listen guys, I beseech you, therefore brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. He's not talking about presenting your mind. He's not talking about presenting your spirit. He's talking about presenting your body, a physical body, as a living sacrifice to God. This is quite a, an awesome statement. It's quite a mystical statement because a lot of times we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, but we don't know why we need to do that. It's because we need to present a body to God as a living sacrifice. A body that is holy and acceptable to God. So if you, if you look at your body, it's the temple that God has given you. Does that temple offer sacrifices? In every aspect of life where you should um, benefit from it, please listen to me very carefully now. Where you see your benefit in it, you choose to put God first. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, this is your um, reasonable service to God. It's like not even like a big stuff. This is, let's start with something small. Every aspect of your life where God is concerned, which is every aspect of your life, offer it as, offer your body as a living sacrifice, which means your hand moving like this has to move as a sacrifice. It's worship unto God. You blinking your eyes is worship unto God. You breathing air into your lungs is Worship unto God. Yeah. You're not breathing because you made the choice to breathe. You're breathing as worship to God. Yeah. Yeah. So which means you, if you, um, you get your salary at the end of the month, you look at that salary as not your salary. Yeah. Yeah. 
living sacrifices they were talking now i went to do some i went to talking about worship and moving your hand straight into the heart right you look at that salary i worked so hard did you now or did god give you the grace to do everything that you did right so being a living sacrifice means something to god it means that you are offering every member of your body as a vessel that god can use see because at the end of the day god wants to use your body as a vessel that manifests his will to all of creation it doesn't he doesn't do it through your mind people say visualize brother visualize and everybody around you will feel it no no but nobody will feel it they need to experience they need to get an experience of God's will being manifested in 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 your life in that room that's when they will know God and so he says offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy <laughs> do you know what holiness is holiness is God's taking something and setting it apart for him that's what holiness is holiness doesn't mean just i don't sin anymore Holiness means I belong to God. He has set me apart from everybody else in the world. He set me apart for his good pleasure. That's what holiness means. I exist for him. He doesn't exist for me. I exist for him. This body exists for him. Every single cell in my body, the strands of DNA exists for him. That's what holiness means. It means to live that life. He's saying now, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. He's not saying God has a hasn't accepted you. Live as if God has already accepted you. Live in such a way that God has already accepted your body. Oh, come on. <laughs> This is the language of grace. Oh, pastor, you know I'm not good enough. No, no. The Bible says that God has already accepted you. So live like that. Which means you sometimes can love the opinion that you reject yourself more than God's acceptance of you. And sometimes you just got to let your opinion go for a little bit. Let it go on a holiday for some seasons so that you can live a life of being fully accepted before God. You stand before God, he has no issues with you. Live a life where you are blameless before God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. There we go. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's some proving that needs to happen. There's some sort of demonstration that needs to take place. Where does this demonstration take place? It takes place in your body. That's why he starts off by saying offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on to say do not be conformed to this world. That word conformed means to um settle for the social parameters or the social standards of what is happening in the world. Here conform doesn't mean just become worldly. Conform means even though you're a child of God, you have certain values of the kingdom that you should be living with. 
you allow yourself to come under peer pressure of people around you so that you can be like them to be accepted like by them so which means if they if they dress like goths with black nail polish because you feel like that's cool and somehow their conversations say that that's cool now you also paint your nails black and you put black lipstick and black eye thing and the whole thing is black and you dress in black black shoes everything and you walk around and you paint your face white somewhat and you tend and you grow your hair with all knots and everything like that not having a bath for seasons and now you think that that is cool That's being confirmed. God rescued you from that junk and he's made you acceptable. He's called you as beautiful, precious, holy, blameless in his sight. Why would you need that? It's because somehow you've believed a lie that you are not accepted in the kingdom. that god doesn't accept you so now your friends need to accept you so now you have to start doing things that they are doing so that you can feel accepted see it's like this today they're doing something tomorrow they'll mature into something else and even though you don't like it you end up doing it because you're under peer pressure it means that you've been conformed to this world the world ladies and gentlemen is a system processes if you were to sit down and you were to look at the choices that you make in your life every single day the way you dress the way you brush your teeth the toothbrush and the toothpaste that you use why do you to make that choice someone in some advertising company thought it would be good for you to use that toothpaste and so now because everybody is using it and some guy with a phd though you don't even know his whether it's right or wrong you sit down you watch an advertisement on tv and now you get convinced and because you want to show that you are using that toothpaste now you start using that toothpaste without even knowing what the benefit is and without even knowing how much of chemicals are in that toothpaste i don't know why i'm talking about toothpaste but i think it works <laughs> We sit down, you know, I used to go through this even even as I was growing, you know, uh I would sit down with people who who would uh, would talk about coffee like, you know, I love coffee by the way. I just, it's not that I put it on, but I would sit down before I had a coffee company. I would sit down with people and they would be like, "Mm, I love espresso." Wow. And I would I I would taste espresso. I was like, "This rubbish, man. This is bitter." Wow. <laughs> Why does it taste like this doesn't taste like coffee tastes like poison I'm not saying that you know they, this was a long time ago this was when really good coffee came into the scene okay um but yeah but but you must understand that these people were they they created this uh sort of connoisseur language that that made people feel like it was something and everybody around you had to do it otherwise you're not cool and so people would be drinking bitter coffees like just but there's a smile like on their face like you know very similar to people in church let me wait wait i'm not talking about the world now i'm i'm coming to us this is a message to the church <laughs> this thing of being conformed to this world ladies and gentlemen happens like it's like wildfire in the church Just imagine a person who comes into church for the first time has absolutely no clue what worship is all about. And is hanging around with people and like you know they just like that's that's them. But somehow somebody's standing next to them is like your hand up. 
<laughs> this is how we worship put your hand up jesus say hallelujah close your eyes feel it feel it feel it <laughs> they and and then because they like this group of people you know they they like the community like nice young people you know every every age group is is really cool i like these people they vibe really well and and so because they want to fit in now they start doing the things that they watch everybody else doing and it's you're being conformed you're not being transformed it happens in the church they don't even know why they're saying amen just because auntie said amen now i have to say amen <laughs> Just because somebody said amen they don't even know what amen means they just say amen because otherwise you know someone might might shout at me someone might look at me my life coach might say what what is wrong with you man like are you christian or not <laughs> <laughs> but you must understand that is being conformed into a system a process it's not transformation paul is saying be transformed by the renewing of your mind which means he's saying show a reveal a body physical body that is being transformed based on what your mind is renewed by and that he's saying is renewed by the word of god it's not by anything else it's being renewed by the word of god because there's a reason for it there's a purpose to it so that you may prove touch your neighbor and say what do you got to prove What they got to prove is this ladies and gentlemen it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God Now look at your body okay does your body manifest <laughs> the good acceptable and perfect will of God My body at the moment is <laughs> Now that we have to ask ourselves if look if we don't read the bible according to what god is saying there's an issue we'll read the bible according to what we want to hear and that's a problem there's an issue that's that's where people go astray god it's in the context of what god is saying did you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god which means everybody around you they're not waiting for you to be conformed to them they're waiting for you to be transformed so they can receive the perfect will of god for their life oh come on now i'm going to repeat that again when you're in a group of people especially in church or even outside whatever people do your responsibility is to manifest the perfect the good the perfect and the acceptable will of god so that they can now get an experience they can receive an experience of how you've engaged with the perfect will of god and now they can receive that will of god for their life and this is the whole purpose of transformation ladies and gentlemen see life church global is a ministry of transformation why because we're constantly manifesting god's good perfect and acceptable will to all of creation this is very important that we understand because we've been caught up in conformity that is led to religiosity and it's caused us now in our mind to believe that we are 
having this awesome experience with God. When we get conformed, I'm not talking about transformed now through the renewal of your mind. When we come into an environment that we don't understand what is happening, out of the fear of man, we don't ask questions. We just walk away. We do whatever is happening there so that nobody asks us any questions. We walk away. But that's being conformed. Because I'm giving in to the peer pressure of what is happening in church. Maybe some people do it. Maybe some people don't. Some people just, just naturally like that. They, they, they're like, come on, man. Like, what do you, lift your hand up. Clap slowly, clap fast. You know, there are all these like rules and regulations during worship. Sit down, stand up. Now is the time to do this. Now is the time to do that. Take the communion in this hand, take the communion in that hand. We, yeah, there's a lot of this stuff that happens in church and people do it without realizing what, what, is, what, is, what is this for? Why in this hand? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why do I need to give? Why do I need to sing? What happens when I sing? And so there's a, when you are conformed, ladies and gentlemen, you, are, you disengage the intention of your heart. And when you disengage the intention of your heart, your emotions are not involved. And when your emotions are not involved, you have no experience to believe. You have nothing tangible of an encounter for you to believe for yourself. So there in itself, now the circle starts again. There's no intention in what you do. And so when you are transformed, what happens is your mind now, there's something that leaves your mind and something that gets into your mind. That's the renewing of the mind. Renewing, which means something old has been removed and it's been replaced with something new. And as you begin to receive that now into your mind, now true understanding, ladies and gentlemen, is when a person has an experience that leads to believing. True understanding is an experience that leads to believing. It's not like, oh, I get the concept. No, there's many dimensions to what God is saying. But in that one dimension, did you experience him? Because when you do experience him now, I understand him. I know him. And when I know him, I recognize that dimension in the room. And now when he's in the room, I give my true intentions, my heart to him when he's in the room. And that's how I worship. I worship, I respond to him. I don't sing to a screen and people and a worship team. I sing to him. I worship him. I pray to him. I talk to him. I listen to him. Not just a preacher. I listen to him communicating to me. See, that is a, a transformed individual that has, that has been transformed by the renewing of the mind. The mind has been renewed. They understand what they're doing. They understand, you understand what it is that you're getting involved in. We must understand that we've, we've conformed to this Christianity, but we've never been transformed into Christ. And what true worship to God is the renewing of your mind. The, the, the actual renewing of your mind. You truly have an intentional relationship. You recognize him. You, you, can, you, you know him when he's speaking. It's not just anybody now. I'll just run from this preacher to that preacher because that sounds good and that sounds good and that revelation like, wah! And that person says, wah! Praise the Lord. And so now I feel like God is on that person. God was on you. God was always with you. Stop running from pillar to post for revelation. He wants to talk to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. 
He says, not, not dependent on your attendance to church. He wants to talk to you when you open your eyes. He wants to talk to you when your eyes are closed. He wants to come to you in dreams. He wants to reveal himself. And it's this transformed individual, ladies and gentlemen, that carries a nature that is progressive. I know I've taught on this, but I'm, I'm, what I'm teaching on is a, just a little deeper than that. This new creation is a position that is very progressive. Now I know I'm using two different terms. Position means it's stationary. Progressive means you're moving. But if you understand algorithms, algorithms is not a calculation. Algorithms is a method. How you calculate. Okay? So spiritual algorithms are progressive positions that we live from. Okay? These positions that we live from are energy locations. Okay? If you understand energy, energy is not stagnant. Energy is constantly moving, but it's in a location. And every time you, you, you begin to engage with an algorithm, that algorithm gets on the inside of you and it is an energy. That energy source now begins to attract similar energies to it so that the intention of that energy is to eventually manifest, compound and manifest through your body. Okay, so I'm going to go slow. So our spiritual algorithms are energy locations. Okay, energy locations. Now, rest is an energy location. Rest is a spiritual algorithm, godly rest. Now I'm not talking about sleeping. So those of you who love to sleep in, this is not what I'm talking about. This is an algorithm, okay? So you must understand. This is, this is a method, not a formula, okay? So, in the book of Genesis, six days God created all things, okay? Seventh day he rested, and then Genesis chapter 2 begins. And Genesis chapter 2 begins by God creating man. So we understand that God created man on the seventh day. He spoke him into existence, but he formed him from the place of rest. Come on now. It's, it's a progressive position. God entered into rest. He finished his work of all of creation that he said was good. So it's all good work. And then once he was done with good work, now he entered into a location, a position called rest. <sighs> I've rested from all my work. But now I'm going to create something that's after my image and likeness. He wasn't working when he created you. So which means working for you is not natural. Striving for you, not natural. You have to put it on. You have to force yourself to go to work. <laughs> Some of us actually experience that Monday blues, right? Now it's come Monday blues. It's happening now. Sunday weekend, everyone's having fun. Chilling, relaxing, Monday, I'm going to sleep in five minutes, snooze, 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 snooze. Why does that happen? Because it's not natural for you to work. <laughs> but it's natural for you to be in rest and then work. Come on now. now you thought I was just like, don't go to work. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> God entered into rest. 
then created man. So your greatest creativity always comes from a place of rest. So if you want to be creative, no striving. You got to be in this position, this algorithm called rest. So God's greatest creation, man, who was made in his image and likeness, okay, was created from rest. So now if you want to create something, you've got to create it in your image and likeness, which means whatever you create has to carry who you are. Otherwise, it's not just creativity. You've got to give it life. You've got to give it life. You've got to give it a personality. You've got to give it a character. You've got to give it the ability to make choices. You've got to give something that is you to that. That's creativity. Because that's how God created you. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So which means as you've seen, as you've experienced God creating you, now you've got to create things. But it always comes from a position called rest. Okay, the second thing is algorithm is not a formula, but a method that is followed. Now, a lot of, you know, people who love cooking uh, will know exactly what I'm saying. Okay, if you were to make a soup, for example, Kelsey and I love soups, we love make soups at home. You make a soup, okay, by not <laughs> taking everything, throwing it into a pot and saying, soup. <laughs> no. A soup is a complex presentation of flavors. It's not just liquid, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a complex process. There's a method to presenting soup and every single teaspoon everything that you every time you put soup into your mouth there is a presentation of the method that you followed yeah. it's not just chicken noodle soup and I only want to have chicken and noodle and corn and you know, oh no ladies and gentlemen there, there, there's a broth that you make that there's a way there's a process that's why you know that my mom used to say John you one day you'll need recipes what is a recipe mom it's a method of step by step learning how to present flavors. See, algorithms exactly the same thing. It's a presentation of Christ to you and through you. Exactly the same thing. It's a presentation of Christ to you and through you. See, the master chef that sits on the inside of you is called the Holy Spirit. He knows exactly what ingredient of Christ you need at what time. And your responsibility now is to be have, make him your best friend. You need the Holy Spirit to be your best friend. Because when he's your best friend, now you begin to receive these little, oh, he's giving me that ingredient. Oh, okay. So, so, so loving Jesus. Oh, okay, cool. So I've got to be loved first. Oh, okay, cool. So that's the ingredient. Oh, okay. I'm going to give God my time now so that he can love me. See, uh, we've often thought I need to have my quiet time so that I can just tick the box so I can have the spiritual sort of spiritual journey. No, no. Why don't you just give your time to God? It's a living sacrifice. You'll never get that time again. But offer that time to God saying, God, I give myself to you. You can do whatever you want with me. Come on now. 
So an algorithm is not a formula, but it's a method that leads to a manifestation. It leads to a manifestation. So you must understand, it always begins with the renewing of the mind. So for example, a good thought leads to a good deed. That good deed leads to another good thought that leads to another good deed. It's an algorithm. But it begins with a good thought. I want to encourage you to have good thoughts. Have good thoughts. These good thoughts will lead you to do good deeds. And these good deeds will lead you to have gooder thoughts. If that is even a word. Good thoughts. And those good thoughts will lead you to do more good works. And so you must understand, this is, this is the manifestation. If people want to around you want to experience Christ, someone's got to do a good thing. Because how would they experience the goodness of God and repent? Oh, come on. It is the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. So if you want people around you to get saved, to repent from their sins, guess what do you need to do? A good work. And that good work comes from a good thought. We understand that the Holy Spirit is very necessary for us to receive algorithms, these ingredients from God that we need to apply in our life. Okay? But even as Christians, there's a war on the inside. There's a war against this Holy Spirit. No demons involved. Just you and Holy Spirit. And I want to show you this now. Okay? If uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. And it says this in the... I'm going to read it in the, the ESV version. Okay? It says this, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Wow. That's amazing. That is very, very amazing. It's very revealing actually. It says this, the desires of the flesh. That word flesh over there is not this flesh. The desires of flesh is you being conformed when you are conformed to a social pattern, a social system, a social, I was going to say studies, but not that. <laughs> when, you are, when you're conformed to a pattern that you are stuck in. Like, for example, I'll give, just give an example. I'm not picking on people, but just give an example. When the weekend comes, after work, man, I just want to chill, man. I just want to go out and, and drink and I just want to party and I just want to do that. Why couldn't you do it on any other day? <laughs> no, because you have, well, I have work tomorrow. No. no, it's a pattern. It's a social pattern. I just want to submit that to you. I'm not condemning it. Okay? I know that everybody needs to just chill and you can chill. I, I don't have a problem with it. But don't chill just because it's the weekend. Chill every day after work if you want. But chill, okay? <laughs> no, don't spill. Just chill. <laughs> okay, just, 
Relax now, okay? Don't, don't, don't say Pastor John, give me permission. That's not what I'm saying right now. Relax, relax. Just, oh, calm down, calm down. So the flesh, ladies and gentlemen, are these patterns. So if you look at why you brush your teeth the way you brush your teeth, pattern. Why you iron the clothes the way you iron the clothes. Why you wear the colors that you wear, it's a pattern. But where did those patterns come from? Did God tell you or did the world dictate it to you? So now we, we eat certain types of food because it's a social pattern. I'm from this country, I'm from here and so I eat that food. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not exposed to different things. You don't have that. You're not out of a system where you f- are free to go and try different things and make mistakes. Very important one. Right? So now you've got these patterns and these patterns now are in you, in your mind, not in the flesh. They're in your mind, but they control the flesh. See, algorithms that are that, that you're conformed to. Now you, you can have algorithms from the world, you can have algorithms from the kingdom of God. So the, the one, so both types of algorithms, they they are connected to your emotions because they come to your soul. So which means in the mind. So when you receive an algorithm, it enters into your mind and you begin to practice it. When you practice it, you begin to, you begin to attach emotions to it. Like for example, smoking cigarettes or drinking espresso. For the first time, it's like, it's like, oh my God, what is this? But then because it's a social pattern, now you, you give it an emotion. Mm, this is lovely. Mm, wow, I love this. And then you begin to practice it, practice it, practice it now. And you become a slave of it. That's the flesh. When you're enslaved by what you're being conformed by. Right? And so now he's saying, hey, the, for the desires of the flesh, these patterns, these algorithms are against the algorithms of the spirit. The, the ingredients that come from Christ. He, they are against, these two algorithms are against one another. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't fight you, you don't fight the Holy Spirit, okay? Because you're the temple. Must understand that. You're not waging war against the spirit, but the patterns in you of the world are, are waging war. The King James says, lust it. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means it has a, it desires against, it has different desires to what the spirit desires. And the spirit has a desire for you that we need to be transformed into Christ. The, the, the pattern of this world, now the algorithm of this world, want you to now be, an, be enslaved to it so that you can now do its desire. And so the more it, you you do its desire, listen to me very carefully, the more you, you give into the flesh, the more you practice it, sin in the world is compounded unto judgment. That's why the, the flesh now wants you to sin more and more and more and more faster, more repetition, more, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, practice it, practice, become a slave of it, so that why? Because the, 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 the systems of this world desire judgment. And when it is judged, guess everything that is enslaved to it also gets judged. That's the game plan. So when you come out, when God rescues you, He brings you, what is He saying? He's saying, I brought you out of the judgment that is due to them. I brought you out of it and I placed you into my kingdom and I made you holy. Which means no, I made you righteous, which means no judgment for you. But then, Even though you're in the kingdom, your renewal of your mind is your choice. You can be in the kingdom, but be practicing the world. And you wonder, why is this breakthrough not happening in my life? 
but god said pastor john said blame the pastor also that's okay not a problem but actually if you look at why your blessings are not manifesting it's not even you it's the choice that you made to honor to keep honoring that old system i hope you understand what i'm saying when jesus was teaching the parable of the sower remember he said a farmer went out to sow seed and he describes four types of soil now i want to present to you and i submit this to you that there were not four types of soil in different farms there were four types of soil conditions in the same piece of land okay so which means that the stewardship of your mind is your choice the the ability to present to god good soil is your choice his responsibility he freely gives seed he's freely giving algorithms but you decide which part of the soil of your heart does his algorithms fall i'm talking to christian i'm talking about people who are who are not who don't know god i'm talking about people who are bible believing holy spirit filled christians you can have four types of soil in your heart you can have the road you can have stony ground you can have um, thorns and thistles and you can have good ground you will have good ground and god will liberally like today he's liberally giving seed and this seed some seed will fall on this good ground and will bear a hundredfold harvest and you're thinking why is not every area of my life blessed like this area is because you have not stewarded your heart and tilled the ground and cleaned it and made it ready and offered your body as a living sacrifice i hope you understand what i'm saying so now go let's go to luke chapter 5 and we'll read um to a couple of verses there okay verse 36 says this and he spoke a parable to them saying i'm saying saying but i'm adding it there then he spoke a parable to them saying no one say no one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one now you understand the context of what i was talking about the two algorithms the 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 ground now is your heart okay as you as you receive all the algorithms it changes your heart it makes it stony it makes it uh, thorns and thistles ah, hatred bitterness anger unforgiveness ah, all of it is in there but what he's trying to say is no one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one which means new algorithms and won't fit with the old ones which means you can't be lukewarm <laughs> but what he's trying to say you can't take something that is new fresh fresh revelation and mix it with something that is old now I want us to progress a little bit more, okay? A little bit faster, okay? I want to submit to you that he's also talking about new revelation and old revelation. Not just new algorithms and worldly patterns. 
He's talking about patterns that you are conformed to, Christian patterns that you're conformed to, that has made you religious. Old ways of doing things, old ways of thinking that you don't want to let go. He's saying new revelation will not fit with that old one. Let's read on, Baba. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, guess what? The new makes it tear and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. So it's not the old that tears, destroys the new. The new destroys the old. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Look, Jesus was not nice to the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees. Because every time they came to him, they did not come to him in humility and submission to learn. They came to accuse, they came to trap. And so Jesus would fire. Brood of vipers. This is in the Bible. He would be harsh with them. Like I wouldn't do that. But Jesus is Jesus. John is John. Okay. But... But this is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, the, the, the new revelation that I'm releasing through Life Church Global won't fit with the revelation of the previous church. It's a revelation of God. But there was a time and season for it. Let me give you an example you'll relate with. Let's just say you needed a breakthrough in your life. And the Lord led you to go on a fast. Not pastor so-and-so, not anybody. The Lord led you to go on a fast. And so now, because the Lord led you on a fast, you went on a 40-day fast or whatever fast the Lord led you on and you were faithful to it and you did it and everything was awesome. Now, you got a breakthrough. You fasted, you prayed, you got a breakthrough. Why did you get a breakthrough? Because the Lord led you to fast. Now, that's an algorithm that God gave you for a particular season, for a particular time that worked only then. Let's say 10 years later, you come into Life Church Global and here, nobody's fasting. Right? We don't have a culture of fasting here. The religious types. That's what I'm talking about. Not the discipline types that we do in ethereal life. That's a little different one. Please listen to me very carefully. I'm, I know I'm stepping on religious toes, but you will love me for it. And so now, you need another breakthrough. And instead of going to God for fresh revelation about the situation, you go back to the old algorithm. Because it worked, man. Why change it if it's working? But God is not leading you to do that. If God has to tell you, go and fast again and I will move only when you, when you fast, why have you stopped fasting? Right? When God said, do a 40-day fast, you, you did a 40-day fast, you got your breakthrough, you prayed and did all that kind of stuff and got your breakthrough. Why did you stop? You need more breakthroughs, no? Why did you stop? You need breakthrough for auntie, for uncle, for church, for this one, for that one, somebody needs a healing. You should have continued fasting. Because God only moves when you fast. So God limits his power based on your fasting. But what I'm trying to present to you is that God has already moved on. 
when he said, this is your breakthrough, I need you to separate yourself from the systems and processes of the world. You're indulging too much in food. You're indulging too much in movies. You're indulging so much. Ah, too much of sugar all the time. Ah, just stay away from it because it's distracting you from recognizing when I'm giving you the breakthrough. That's the fast that he's really called you on. But we think it's a religious fast and because I fasted, I got the breakthrough. So now next time somebody needs breakthrough, brother, go fast 40 days. When you fast, it will happen. God did not do the same miracle the same way twice. Moved on. That's what I'm trying to present to us today. As Christians, we're stuck in old algorithms that have worked at one point in time and we honor it and we're grateful for it. But God is on to new things. And these new things don't fit with those new things and that's where dissension comes in the church and, and like bitterness and angry and alcohol. you are personally attacking me by preaching grace no man I'm just preaching you what God is saying I don't have anything against you I'm just going where God is leading us but the algorithm ah, don't leave me <laughs> the algorithm is saying no don't it fights, it desires against the spirit, it fights. This happens in us, in the church. Every church. That's how denominations are formed. Because people don't want to progress. But God has moved on. God is moving and he's like, hey listen, I've got a new ingredient for you and try it. If you add this spice, <laughs> to your life. Ooh, that soup's gonna turn out awesome. And you get those flavors. And God talks like this, by the way. Look, look, look. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Which means what you taste, you should be able to see. But when you see, you're seeing the Lord. You're not just seeing the spice. See, the goodness of God, you must understand, when you taste chocolate, the explosion in your mouth, that, that, that thing that you feel when you eat chocolate is not chocolate. It's God that you're Amen. feeling. That's why people, are, people have made million dollar businesses around something that people desire from God. You must understand, this is, I'm preaching some good stuff today. So, then he goes on to say, and no one, say no one. No one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins. This new stuff, too powerful. The new revelations of God, too aggressive. And it has its own intentions. And if you try to do old things with it, it will destroy those old things. You can't take old methods and hope new revelation comes out of it. You can't try old tricks and expect new things to happen. You've got to progress. But you're in a position of constant rest. I'm in rest, man. God's got this. I don't have to think God thinks for me. 
He will lead me tomorrow. He will tell me exactly what I need to do, where I need to go, who I need to talk to. He will tell me. And when I, I, I recognize the pattern that God creates, every time I do that, I experience goodness. I don't know about you, but I love it. I don't want other people, but man, this stuff with God and me works very well for us. It works very well for our marriage. It works very well for our church. It works very well. But I don't ask me to do the old stuff. I can't get into that old stuff. Now I'm not rejecting the old. I'm not saying that it, it worked probably for you. But if I would encourage you, I would encourage you to progress. Progress from striving to get a breakthrough to resting to get a breakthrough. How powerful is your God? Tell me, how powerful is your God? Why should I believe in your God? Because if you are doing it by your hard work, then your God is not powerful. If you are praying, ah, God, give me a breakthrough. And God gives you a breakthrough. It's not because you prayed like that. It's because he loves you. Doesn't want you to scream. <laughs> you understand? He's very real. He doesn't want you to run into the field unless he tells you, please go into the fields and pray. Then, you know what I mean? Because look, I come from that background where people think that I have to go into the fields and pray, fast and pray. But you must understand, you can fast and pray at home. You, can, you, you don't need to fast also, you can just pray. But also the type of prayer that we pray. Same prayer every day. It's like God doesn't understand what he prayed yesterday. So you have to repeat the same prayer again. God is giving awesome stuff in the new covenant. He said, by grace, rest. John, just rest. Let, just rest. And in rest, I will give you the recipes to function from. We don't want to rest. I want to show God that I'm working hard for him. I'm working harder than he is working for me. I'm sleeping less than God is sleeping. <laughs> I've got to show him that. Yeah. Only then everybody around will know that I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I go riding on the bike in the middle of the desert, by the way, I got lost in the desert somewhere in the back <laughs> the other day. It was scary because it was a sandstorm. I couldn't see anything. Funny story, but anyway. But you must understand. When I got lost, this is not the story I wanted to tell you, but, but since I told you, it was, it's cool. When I got lost, for a moment I started striving. I was like, where's my GPS? Where's my, where's this? What is happening? Why can't, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going north, south, east, or west. I can't see anything. And then the wind spoke to me and said, follow me. And so I followed the wind and I came out of the storm. You must understand, this crazy stuff happens when you, when you open to these things. But people have said, oh, this earth wind, what a fire, wow, it's all demonic. No, man, the wind helped me to come out of a dangerous situation where there's nobody. Right. What was I saying about the desert? Yeah. So when I ride my bike in the desert, ladies and gentlemen, you must understand, I am worshipping God. I'm not singing. I'm riding my bike. It's worship to God. You know why? Because God told me, go and learn how to do endurance. Kelsey first listened to God. <laughs> Actually, God spoke through our friends in Sri Lanka. Kelsey was listening to God. 
I didn't want to listen. No, no, no. I don't want to do this. It's too painful. But then, when we spoke to our coach, I just wanted to hear him say, you can go from couch to finishing a marathon in three months. That's all I needed to hear. And he said it. And that was it. Finished. Immediately, the grace to endure just came. I'm talking about suffering, pain, enduring pain that you want to give up, but you just can't give up because there's so much of grace. But it's in a place of rest. I'm not like fighting. I, wa I want to win. I want to bring Jesus. Give me the grace. No. Cycling. He said, go. I went. And when I pushed the pedal, power comes. How do you do three hours, 40 minutes in the hot sun? I don't know. I just love it. I've begun to love what he's leading me to do. Never done it before, never rode a bike. Like I knew how to ride a cycle, not a bike. Different things, gears and all that stuff. Different, there's a science to it. Science to understanding the energy of the body and, and sugar, glucose and all that kind of stuff and using it at the right time. All of it is a science, a new, new, new revelation. And I'm like, wow, God is teaching me something awesome, but I feel like I'm in such a place of rest. But it's new, but I'm resting. I'm not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. I don't need the miracle to happen now. It's okay. It's all right. As long as it takes. God loves me more than the outcome. Than my love for the outcome of the problem. He loves me more. He has more urgency in his love for me, you and me, you and me, than the outcomes of our problems. How much we think, God, fast, save the world. You know, people have been praying for so long, save the world. God saved you. I wonder why. From all the people in the world, God saved you. Why? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. God could have chosen the richest of the richest, but he chose you and me. The ones who don't have all the billions and billions and zillions of dollars. And yet, because all those guys are storing it for you and me, by the way, just letting you know. But you've got to be in rest though. You have to be in rest. You can't like, oh, I have to do what this guy does and that guy does and I have to follow their method. No, no, that's, you're going back into the pattern. You follow what your heavenly father is saying. And all of a sudden, the money that they have is being stored up for the algorithm that begins to manifest through your life. It says, no one, verse 39, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. Some of us uh, already don't like my message. And I'm okay with it. Because Jesus says immediately they don't desire it. Which means as you process this message, as you allow this word to enter into your heart, you begin to desire the new wine. New ways of doing things. God is doing new things all the time. He's always doing new things. He's, he's, he's in a place of rest and he's still creating. He's still creating. He creates your tomorrow that you don't know whether you will see or not. But he's already created it and he's made a plan for you to exist tomorrow. He's in rest. You got to relax a little bit. You got to relax, get out of the Christian um, algorithms. The old ones, you've got to get out of them. Seriously, the law has hindered us from progressing. I'll tell you something. 
the law makes us bitter and hinders us from loving people because we get too intimidated when they unrest when you see people don't flutter like you do they don't really they're not praying enough <laughs> need to go into your quiet room and pray no man i don't need a quiet room god and me are never quiet when god and i talk we're always talking this loud it's like action it's always something or the other happening but i really believe you know that no one having drunk old wine you've tasted it it's awesome it's secure why do you have to why do you have to say this don't say it yeah just leave me let me do my old thing it works for me man but what are the results look at your body look at your family look at your friends do you have them or not do those friends actually like you or tolerate you are they are they are you a source of life to them or are you depending on them you come depressed to your friends hoping that they will crack a joke come on now i'm i'm bringing some i'm exposing these algorithms because it's important for us to understand that god is full of joy he's like you need to be the life of the party not alcohol not a holiday somewhere in another country you need to be on a holiday here constantly we've got to understand god is exp- he's given you he says that i'm giving you the keys of the kingdom not bucket keys of the kingdom which means there's keys ladies and gentlemen open doors yeah are you a door opener or a bucket carrier <laughs> but it's very serious you must understand do people follow you through doors or are you waiting for god to open it fasting and praying when god is saying here take this key this is an algorithm take this key here seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added oh wow thank you so if i use this key god all these things will be added unto me yes it will be added unto you but for me <laughs> just that's that you know they it become another algorithm all these things shall be added unto you 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 like me me okay i'm that's why i'm going to seek the kingdom no no offer your body as a living sacrifice means offer everything as a sacrifice unto god so and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better i want to read read an anonymous quote in closing and it says this you cannot pour new knowledge upon cemented thoughts for new thoughts for the new thoughts will be insulted and the old honored it's an anonymous it's anonymous i wish i said it <laughs> but it's anonymous i have to say it because i read it and i was, I was so it is so true it is so so true jesus says you can't serve two masters at the same time either you will love the one 
and hate the other. So which means your love for the world is hatred for God. I know I have to say it. It's, it's, it's the Bible. It is important for us to hear. But your love for God is hatred for the world. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You can't serve two. You have to choose one. And so today, I want to bless you, church. I, I know this word can be a hard pill to swallow, especially if you have had things that you did that worked for you, but they're not working anymore. And you've spent years trying and trying and trying and somehow you felt like God has abandoned you. I want you to know that God hasn't abandoned you. But you have held on to something that worked, but you never allowed yourself to progress in terms of revelation. You received revelation once and you held on to it. And today I want to encourage you, you know, I want to submit to you. I want to submit this word to you. Not as a, as a mockery, not as, a, as, as me stepping on your toes, but as a lifeline. I'm throwing this lifeline in the ocean that you're drowning in. The ocean of the old that you're drowning in. It is, it, it is God. It has been God moving in your life. But God is saying, send this word to my people so that I can rescue them from the old and bring them into the new. See, even as you receive this revelation today, eventually you will apply this word in your life and you will see a harvest coming out of it. But I want to encourage you, just like a farmer, when the harvest is reaped, don't wait for the same plants to grow. Dig up the soil. Pull out the roots. Prepare your heart for fresh seed. Position your heart, every area of your heart. Don't allow any rocks, thorns, thistles, or hard ground to be in your in your soul, in your in your mind. But allow, just go into areas of your heart and dig it out. Dig it out. It's painful, but dig it out. Remove the pain. Remove that hatred. Remove those lies. Remove the law. Remove those algorithms. Recognize it. Ask God to reveal it to you every single day. I, I, I want to give you a challenge. Every day, recognize algorithms in your life, the old ones. And I want you to replace those algorithms with new ones. You can start practicing it by, by talking to your coach about it talking to your pastors about it, talking to Kelsey and me about it and saying, hey, listen, I, I want to know if this area of my life is an old algorithm and God is saying something new. And, and I want to I wanna encourage the coaches also to do the same, the pastoral team to do the same. Kelsey and I practice this every day. We practice recognizing what are the old patterns in my life? Is it constructive or destructive? Or does it do nothing? So if it's constructive, there's a harvest. If it's destructive, it needs to go. If it's doing nothing, still needs to go. Because it's seed that has you have not applied the, your attention to and it's not come out as a harvest. So church, I want to bless you with this word. I want to just release grace upon you as you hear this word. I want to release the grace of God for you uh, so that your mind would be at peace, uh, your body would be at rest, and that you will begin to receive this word and recognize algorithms in your life. And you will honor the algorithms that God gives you. Fresh revelation. Hey, God wants to speak to you every day. He wants to give you creative ideas and solutions that can solve problems in the world. 
He wants to use you. He wants to work with you. So give him a chance. Bless you, church. We love you. See you next week. God bless. Bye.